Midlife Moxie. We are a community and podcast all about midlife women making this one of the best seasons of their lives. Well, I'm one of your hosts, Gail. And I'm Christina. We're going to be sharing our stories, struggles, and joys while bringing you experts on topics that you care about. And we're going to do it while having a whole lot of fun. So buckle up, girls. Let's get our moxie on. Well, hello, Midlife Moxie ladies. We are going to have some fun today with our guest. And Christina, I'm, I'm kind of excited to just talk about the space she works in. How about you? Really excited. We just had like a pre-conversation and OMG, girl, it's going to be on and cracking today. Yeah, Woo-hoo. this is an area I know nothing about, basically, but I want to know more about nothing. it. I want to know how it all yeah. works and what it's like to really like, I love when well, we talk to people and get to find out what is the life that goes along with that occupation with or that calling or that thing you do. What does it look like on a daily basis? So, well, and then and then also, Gail, we kind of have a selfish thing going on too. We're like, shut your we mouth. Were meant That's to, a secret. We were- <laughs> shut your mouth. <sighs> you cannot we tell this girl a secret. We. <laughs> We not we were we are we're still working we on that. So we, we are. <laughs> welcome Midlife Moxie fans. Our new friend Christine Lalonde. Mm, she is yes. a producer, director, and podcast host. So she's a Hollywood girl, and she lives y'all way for it in sunny Burbank, California. Now, how many of you before Christine talks? When you were little, you watched the game shows, and they all came to you from. The studios in Burbank, California. I mean, that just took me back. So welcome, Christine, from sunny Burbank, California to Midlife Moxie. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. This is exciting. You know, I'm not from Burbank. I live here, but I'm not from here. Where are you from? Yeah, tiny, tiny, tiny town called Chugwater, Wyoming. Wow. Okay. If you can get to Hollywood from (laughs) Chugwater, Wyoming, I'm convinced Christina can make it from Northern California. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Okay. Let's start there. How does a girl from Chugwater, Wyoming wind up working in Hollywood? Uh, Well, I started out... Right after high school, there was a woman who approached me and said, hey, you know, I've kind of watched you your whole life. Well, it's a small town. You kind of can't. Um, And said, you know, we run for Miss Platt County, Miss Wyoming. So I did. And then from there, I got scholarships to go to school. And I really, school wasn't really in the pictures for me. And this modeling agency approached me in Denver. And they invited me to come and model for them. And they used my scholarship money for training and photographs and everything I needed. And so I was uh, modeling and acting and I was about 30 years old and I still, my career was very strong. And I met Charlie Mathau, Walter Mathau's son. And he said, you know, you're a very talented, smart girl and you should be in Hollywood. So he said, if you come out here, I'll help you. And I came out and he introduced me to a few people and that was history. Okay, so now I have a question. Is the Hollywood behind the scenes really as raunchy okay, as they say? Okay, you just fast forwarded like just, 12 episodes. Hang on, no, hang on. No, no, no. I just want to know about that, about that particular conversation. She because you so know, excited. I want to go back and talk about Charlie Mathau plucking you out of Chugwater, Wyoming. Well, Where did you meet him? In Wyoming? I met him in Chicago because after I left home at 18, I was modeling in Denver and then I got an agent in Chicago and I was working as an okay. agent um, as well as modeling. And we had this this group of people that would always go to this international modeling competition and acting competition. And I was there and I met Charlie there. Was he nice. like working at the competition or see, we've got to, f- Christina, like we have to figure out where to go to meet the right people that are going to just <laughs> pluck us out of our obscurity when they cast their eyes I, on this I just goodness was, and hear what I we just have want to the offer. dirt. Listen, I just want the dirt. Give me the dirt, girl. Just well, tell me, is Hollywood really as raunchy as they say, or is it, is it okay? You know, so. There you go. That's some that's, of it. That's what she I want just to wants. Yeah. She wants the National Enquirer version, and I'm over here with the Barbara Walters version. I mean, okay. So he mentions this to you, 
and you say, huh? yeah, you're right. I was, I was always meant to be a star. Or you say, yeah, right. What, what was your reaction? At that point, I was like, you know what? I believe in myself. I know what I'm capable of doing. I have always dreamed about living somewhere like Wyoming, uh, oh, sorry, California, because the Midwest sucks when it comes to cold and weather. Right. And I just didn't, I, I wasn't meant to be there. I was meant to really hustle and be in the business. So I said, yeah, absolutely. And I packed up my kids and moved to California. Okay. So I love that yeah. because I always felt like I was, I grew up in this tiny little town. Y'all, y'all ready for it? Tunnel Hill, Georgia. Where is <laughs> that? Hill yeah, with I don't even know where that is. Georgia. It's in North. The tunnel under the <laughs> yeah, tunnel under the hill. Very descriptive. Very, very literal here. Tunnel Hill. It played a big, big role in the Civil War because it was actually a train tunnel. So we'll pay for that. But Northwest Georgia, and I mean, it's a fleck, y'all. We finally got a, a red light. Like, literally, this is where I grew up. And I always was intrigued by places like Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Atlanta, Georgia. And my parents thought something was freaking wrong with me. They're like, you and your big ass ideas. And it, she, they were convinced if you just entered Cobb County or Fulton County in Atlanta, you were going to get mugged, raped, and killed. Yeah. I mean, nothing good happened yeah. in Atlanta, according to my parents. So I'm interested with, like, where do you think that came from? Because is it just that it's inside some of us or did we have an influence when we were young that we don't even remember? Like Chugwater, Wyoming. I mean, I imagine that all the people aren't packing to go to Hollywood. Yeah, anybody there. leaves my hometown. And if they did, they go to the next town Same. over. Or Cheyenne. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't know. There People was who leave something in me are that weird was different. Where I'm from. You mentioned that you packed up your basically your whole life and you had children at the time. So what happened there and and how did they how did they respond to mommy's mommy's gonna mommy's gonna go to Hollywood and make it like what what was that like what conversations did you have around that and how did that how did that My sit kids with them were five and two my oh, older okay. two were five and two. So, you know, for them, it was no big deal. They hadn't started school yet. And, you know, th they came to California and it's so beautiful and sunny and it's be just perfect here all the time. So I don't think it really affected them. Um, you know, they, they, you know, had a life here from really young, so it didn't affect them. But for me, it was... It's a dream come true. Every time I see a palm tree, even to today, I'm like, oh, I, I live here. You know, it's pretty, it makes me happy. I love that because there's a lot of people yeah. that like Christina would like to leave California, she always says, because of the expense. But like people like me who do not live near palm tree. Now, I'm a few hours from palm trees now, but growing up in Georgia, it was pine trees, not palm trees. And I, 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 like you, have this fascination with California. I've visited many times, and I find it to be an incredibly beautiful state. Oh, it's and, beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. I can't afford it unless yeah. I start that plus-size prostitution ring I've got <laughs> jostling around the back of my mind. <laughs> she's going to be a winner, She's going to start her only, only fans soon. She's going to be a winner, plus-size <laughs> prostitution. Everybody, there's a place for everybody, right? But now, Christine, yep. so... I imagine your kids, yeah, it's sunny all the time. You get to pick oranges and eat them off the tree out back. You're not far from Disneyland. So when you moved out there, was it everything you expected it to be? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'd been in the business already a long time, and I'd already experienced that casting couch with, you know, being anywhere. Uh, so coming here, it just... It didn't affect me because for me, I just smile and take it with a grain of salt and walk away. And if I'm not meant to do something, then I'm not meant to do it. And it's the universe telling me that it's not the right thing for me. Um, so I never really, you know, got involved in anything like that. I have seen it all. I've seen it all. And it is pretty intense behind the scenes. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of what you think is happening. Um, that's why I'm doing the, the docu-series that I'm doing now. It's talking about that, but it's also talking about the positive side and the, that's good. Uh, the belief that you can do whatever you want to do and, you know, just really going for it, having the moxie or I was going to say balls to go for it. Well, let me, let me ask you this. You know, you, you mentioned the couch casting couch. Oh my gosh, I'm tongue tied here. And man, was that brutal? What were, 
some of the things that you were told, you know, how do you help people kind of move out of that whole like, oh my gosh, it's I'm terrible person because I'm sure you got some feedback that wasn't super kind. And how do you help, you know, people to go, that's just a part of the business. It's not you. It's just they're not rejecting you. They're just rejecting some of the things that, you know, make up or you, you make up. Uh, I don't even know how to, how to say this, but I have, I have heard that that part can be really taxing on, on your emotional side and, and just kind of overwhelming. So tell us about that process a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, we'll probably get into this more, but I'm actually doing a docu-series on this type of thing to educate people what the business is like so that they come with their eyes wide open. But, you know, for me, the most, I think the hard thing for me was really trusting people to tell me what they, what was truth and it wasn't truth. So to be told constantly, oh, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And you get so excited and you're like, yeah, this stuff's going to happen. And it doesn't. Um, then you start to learn, whoa, wait, um, you know, take what everybody says with a grain of salt. And, you know, it's not going to happen until it actually happens, um, which I just learned to have a tough skin. But I was fil- I was in a film one time and I was this, the voice behind the singer. I was singing, the, and the actress was not. She was lip singing. And I was also the supporting role because the supporting role was the pretty friend, and uh, the lead was the not-so-pretty friend, and it was about how her struggles as a singer, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I did this film, and the director wanted to sleep with me. Mm. And, mm. and I was like, no, no, no. You know, I just kind of put him off and put him off and put him off. And then one of the male leads and I started dating and I actually wound up marrying him and having a child with him. We're not together anymore, but, um, we were eventually married and have a child and the director found out and it just made him so angry that he recast some parts and cut me out of almost all of it and cast somebody else to do other parts he could get away with and then re-filmed or re-recorded all of the voice singing and took me out and then didn't tell me and then invited me to the premiere and then (gasps) I show up thinking I'm in it that's dirty and that's dirty it was dirty that's dirty yeah sorry don't like that Mm-hmm. I was devastated at first. And then I was like, you know what? That was a really shitty film. I'm really <laughs> glad I wasn't in it. Well, again, y- <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned this universe. The universe was just kind of t- showing you what you needed to see. So that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Here's what yeah. I want to know. Yeah. Did you still get paid? Uh yeah, I got paid and uh, I didn't have to be in it. So, it so there's awesome. the bird finger back to that director. So here's mm-hmm. the million dollar question. How common is that? It's it, very lots of shit like that. Happens. Would you say very? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And it's not everyone. It's not everybody in the business is that shady, um, but there are shady. Well, let me ask you this. It just is. is do you have any hope to preserve who you are and succeed to? You have to really know who you are. You have to be confident, you have to be secure, and you have to really know what your mission is in life. And if you got that, all this other stuff doesn't matter. Well, let's, you know, you got it. Now we have to go back to Chugwater. Because how does a girl coming out of Chugwater, Wyoming, know how to conduct herself in Hollywood, California? I'm just astounded by this. You, you must be a special breed. You Aww. may have just, you must have just fallen Thank out you. of the uterus as some kind of, <laughs> you know, you, with your moxie intact right out of the uterus. Is that true? Were you just, are you well, just a different breed or... Were there some experiences in Chugwater that shaped you? Um, I grew up uh, being um, bullied and abused. Um, So I grew up strong and independent. 
and uh, I didn't give a crap about anybody else's opinion. Um, and I thought, you know what, that can change me or it can make me stronger of who I'm determined to be. It can either beat me or not. And I was determined to beat it. So, you know, I just had that strength to say, you know what, I'm going to make my life the way it's supposed to be, not how people want it to be. And yeah. I did you that. have yeah. did you have people that you looked up to influences in the business during that season of, you know, coming from, you know, your hometown to California? Did you have people that you were like maybe idolized but looked at in a in a like, oh my gosh, she is the epitome of what I want to do or what how I want to conduct myself or how I want to be? Like, did that help to shape and mold you too? I was fascinated with Anthony Hopkins. He just seemed like this really good soul. And I didn't have a lot of male influences on my life that were strong and good. And Anthony Hopkins just had this. Okay, uh, okay, sweet well, wait just a minute. About him. Anthony Hopkins, psycho, right? Ah, no, yeah. Silence of the Lambs. No, Silence, Silence of, the Lambs. of the Lambs. Hello, Hello Caddies. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. But see, understand that he just had, even though he was playing those roles, I could tell that he just had this beautiful yeah, spirit. Yeah, because I'm just seeing, he, you know, the, the, the tongue thing, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm wondering how you saw his little spirit through him, you know, butchering up people. I'm just, you just took me back with that. <laughs> Who was the guy that was psycho? Tony Perkins? Anthony Perkins. Something. Oh. So Anthony oh Hopkins, let's be, be clear, y'all. Sons of the Lambs. He Sons was the, the predator. And Christine's now here to tell us that he's a sweet and nice guy. <laughs> Take it away, Christine. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, also, he started out his career later in life. And that was, to me, a real, real inspiration. He, yeah, it was really encouraging. And I was like, even though he's a man and I'm a woman and that's different for us, I thought, you know what? He, I can do it too. It doesn't matter. I don't, I couldn't care less if he did it because he was a man and I couldn't because I was a woman. Nobody was going to tell me what I couldn't, couldn't do. Because 30 is anymore. typically kind of old to be arriving in Hollywood, right? 30? Yeah. But I was lucky. I looked like I was 18, 19. Well, you're still looking oh. pretty darn good. Now, yeah. we're planning With to roll in at 55 and 45 looking just like a hot mess express, but that's okay because we're funny, Christine. <laughs> well, we're funny. <laughs> And the Canadians <laughs> don't have difference. to look as good. That's what we're on to here. I, <laughs> well, I, I have a birthday in three days and I turn 54. Congratulations. Wow. And, uh, I, I feel good and I feel incredible. You know, really, you look younger. I've grown so yeah, much. Yeah, she does. And we have and a beauty business. We know you. when someone looks younger. Mm-hmm. See, y'all, and, if, if you I got can, some funkiness, you. I like if that. If I get less got fat, I'm afraid I'm going to be a mess. Like this fat's oh, holding up a lot of wrinkles. I'm not going to lie. She's so okay. bad. Back to Christine. <laughs> we see, we take a few detours <laughs> on this show, Christine. So, did you ever get it. to meet him? I have not, but I want him in my docu series more than I could ever tell oh, you. Oh, that would be like, so cool. So, Anthony Hopkins, if you're listening reach out. Yeah. yeah. I'm she sure he's listening you. to he's, Midlife Monks. See, that's probably his number one. <laughs> he is. He's probably you subscribed ne- to hey, the listen, podcast. You, you never know. You never know. So no. we're just going to throw it out there and that's you never know who beauty, knows right? anybody. So there you go. Okay. Christine. Shameless plug. That's right. This is the, the yeah. backstory I want to see. Like you see people and you think if they live in Hollywood, you know, and they're in the business that every part of their life is glamorous, but face mm. it, you have to get groceries. No. You have to have your colorectal exams. You, your babies still spit <laughs> up and poop. I mean, there's some normalcy. <laughs> yeah. Unless you are Kim Kardashian and someone probably goes and has your colonoscopy for you, it, there's some things we all share and or there's your normalcy babies. there. Um, you know, her, yeah. she may be having her colonoscopy on Instagram if she thought it would get her. But I take that back, taking that <laughs> one back. Okay. The point being, <laughs> the point being, I think we have this idea that they live a very different life, but there's mm-hmm. some parts of the life that are just very real and normal. So I'm, I'm wondering what it's like to 
by day you're filming a show or a movie or a part, and then you just go home and cook dinner. Tell us what that's like. You go home and clean up dog vomit or whatever your day in a life. Well, you know, um, I work with a lot of uh, private chefs and um, with my other business that I have, and they they uh, a lot. You know, they work a lot with the celebrities and they cook for them, and you know. That's kind of cool. You know, I can't wait till I can have my own chef instead of me as my chef. But, uh, you know, quite frankly, they just have normal lives. We all have normal lives. It's, you know, we're nothing. I don't think anybody just because of whether they are recognizable or have money are any more special than you, me, and then my neighbors next door, you know, or my family back home, you know, nobody is more special because they can walk down the street and be recognized or not, or they can afford a private chef or a private school or not, you know? So for me, when I meet all these people to be in my TV show or on my docu-series or my documentary or anything that has to do with the business, they're just normal people to me and I treat them as such. You know, I don't get all gushy and I, you know, I might secretly cry inside if I met Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. And my body would probably go I'm seeing some palpitations, maybe some rash breaking out or something. Fangirling all over the place, I think. I, In, inside, inside, yes. Yeah. But outside, I'd be going, oh, it's so nice to meet you, Tony, because his friends call him Tony. I know people who know him. So I'm just waiting for that moment, you know, and, um, I, I have some incredible people in in my uh, project right now, and I meet them and sit down with them all the time. And I just they just said, you know what? You're so kind. You're so sweet. You're so generous. And we see that you're so helpful with people and you care and that you're just like treat us like normal people. We just love being with you. And I think that's my superpower, yeah. you know, is just just being, you know, an average person. So, so you shifting to this docu-series, like what, what, what stem, like what happened? What's, what came about to, to make you kind of shift into that, um, into that well, space? Well, when I turned 43, I was really going through a rough time with my divorce and, um, I gained a lot of weight subcon- you know, cause I was just really, uh, you know, eating for my, my emotions and, uh, just a lot of stuff was happening and I, I switched and, and I retired from the entertainment business and opened an event coordination company. And for the last 13 years, you know, or 11 years it is now, I think, um, I, I really just have been busting my butt, but not really getting where I wanted to be in life. And then COVID happened and I had a really successful business and COVID happened. And I realized I couldn't retire off of that business anymore because the event company business is just crap when there's a pandemic pandemic Mm -hmm. going on. So I, I just knew all my life I'd wanted to produce a documentary or a, or a docuseries. And, um, during COVID, I, w- I was just obsessed with them again. And my my mother had passed away before COVID. And um, she came to me one night <clears throat> in my sleep. And she was talking to me. And um, I woke up the next day just knowing that it was okay to change my life. It was okay to step into who I am really supposed to be. It was okay to lose the weight. I didn't need to protect myself anymore. Uh, It was okay to go after the career that I truly belong in. And so I got up, I sat down and I just wrote out the whole documentary and realized it was bigger than a documentary, that it was meant to be a docu-series. It's called Hollywood Dreams, The Unexpected Journey. And and it's about people's journey in the business and what it means to them and what it took to get there or what it's still taking to get there. So I wanted to give a positive spin on the entertainment business and say, you know what? There are good people here. There are good projects here. There are, you know, people who really deserve to like really just realize their dreams. And what's that journey to that? So I just decided I was doing it. And, um, it's a year later and, uh, I'm on the cusp of having it completely funded. I have some incredible people in it and, um, it's, it's like, it's like crazy when you start thinking of things like 
um, artistically, it just starts flowing. Oh, and we, I have. We are aware. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> start. 93.4% of our conversations start with. Hey, I've got an idea. I have an idea. <laughs> I got an idea. Got an idea. And the other one goes, yeah, oh, help us. Because oh, gosh. they what do come it? fast right? and furious. And, but don't you think that's part yeah. of knowing you're where you were meant to be when it comes? Yeah. I don't like to use the word easy, but when it flows, when it comes without, like Christina and I don't have to scratch around for ideas. Like we walk around the house and they fall out of the ceiling. Just our newest. And they're all great ideas, Christine, by the way. Our latest, <laughs> greatest idea <laughs> you can imagine. And oh. I think that there's something about that that you just kind of know. Do you feel like you're just in the zone when that's happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's like really opening up to the universe to let it come in. And um, it just... I, it's so much is happening and it's growing. And, you know, a podcast really changed my life with that. I was thinking about starting my own podcast um, to support my second docuseries, which is called 50 Shades of Bullshit. And it's about <laughs> modern dating and, and finding love. So I decided to do a podcast for it to prepare for the docuseries. And I was listening to another podcast that I'm obsessed with and a guest on there was this famous uh, producer and director um, called George Romero. And I was like obsessed with him. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's incredible. And on the podcast, he said, oh, you should check out my website and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, I'm going to check out his website. (laughs) So I went on his website and I checked it out. And all I could see, it was like tunnel vision. All I could see was contact me, contact me, contact. And so I clicked on the contact and I took a deep breath and I go, F it. And I wrote a tech, an email to him that just said, Hey, I'm doing this, this docuseries. I think that you would be spectacular in it. This is what it's about. I closed it. I, I manifested him calling me or contacting me. 15 minutes later, he contacted me and it is, uh, seven, eight months later, we're the best. Okay. So what's the Um, number? You know, we got ideas. uh, We got ideas. We got uh, ideas, Christine. So he's super, super supportive. Him and his wife are just beautiful people and they live out in Kentucky and they just, they believe in my projects and they're helping me. And then they have some projects that they've reached out to me and said, you know, can you help us do this? And I was like, oh, yes, I can. Well, listen, um, Christine, yeah, we, so we want to hang up just in time today before close the business for you to call him and tell him about your next greatest idea. Yes. That you've met these yes. two girls yeah, I will. and they are just freaking amazing, <laughs> you know. But Christine, what I'm hearing you yeah. to say is that even though you live in a town of glamour, the everyday is pretty normative. Yeah. You go to work, you get a paycheck, you come home. Sometimes the jobs are bigger. Sometimes they're smaller. You raise your children. So it's possible, it sounds like, to be in that space and live live a normal life, but still have a foot in that industry. Yeah. I want to show that Hollywood is just like any other place. You can be anywhere and do your dream. And, um, you know, the people here honestly are no more special. They, some of them, a lot of them, think that they are and that's fine if that's what keeps them you know going each day and gets them out of bed if they want to think they're that special that's great I don't have to think they're special Mm -hmm. that's my opinion Mm -hmm. but I think that you know a director a producer a cameraman a gaffer a a teamster a, a rapper a singer a dancer a actress whatever we're all the same we put our pants on the same way. We sleep, we eat, we shit our pants. Nobody <laughs> gives a crap. You know, we're all the same. Your paycheck might be less than mine. Your paycheck might be more than mine. It doesn't matter. Mm. In the end, we all die. We all go somewhere else. It just, you know, I think that people put too much stock on celebrity. Yes, but yes I would agree with that. How do, your, how do your children handle where you're at now? Like, wh- what do they think and... How do they move through life? <laughs> yeah. Well, my kids are very proud of me. Yes. They saw they saw me mainly be a single mother mm. most of their lives. Good job, girl. And 
thank you. And I raised them by myself pretty much. I mean, they have dads who are good dads. Um, they weren't for me as a husband, but they were, they are great dads. And, um, I have two older daughters for my first husband and my youngest daughter's 15 for my last husband. And, you know, I, I just try to show them every day that it doesn't matter if you have you have an education or not, which you should, but if you don't have an education, as long as you have the willpower, the desire and and the need to go after something, you can you can do it. And I it's really nice to hear my kids say, "You're we're proud of you, mom." You know. You know, it's funny that you said so that because I've realized especially during COVID when um my business had to make a pivot. My my business I've had for 27 years and I got really involved in Clubhouse and I began to see there's a yeah. lot of ways to make money in America. We are yeah. super blessed. Yeah. Just getting a four-year degree and going down and getting on at the big company in town, there's so much more than that. And, yeah. you know, women like you who are living out your dreams Gosh, that's so inspiring to so many people. And part of what we talk about here at Midlife Moxie is perhaps that's been on the shelf for a while for you. Perhaps you were sidelined by children, marriage from your true goals and dreams. And not to say that we resent children or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. They're choices and no. they're seasons. But for me, I know a lot of people are slowing down in midlife, but for me, it's a second wind. And like, oh, I got yeah. those little darlings raised finally because mine are 19 and yeah. 33. So it took a while. Um, I've parented for a very long time and I was the type of parent who made a lot of sacrifices and I didn't just leave mine with a daycare and I didn't just go run do that. And if your kids are in daycare and that's what works for you, great. Just I had a different situation. Yeah. And I even homeschooled the last one. And so now that that's over, I feel like all the gates are open for me as a midlife woman yeah. to go and do whatever it is I want to do to explore. And also that yeah. ticking time piece saying, Gail, if you're ever going to do it, you'd better get about it. And that's one yeah. of the messages we have for midlife women. And so here you are in midlife and you're transitioning into producing your own documentary, you know, your baby. That must feel incredible. Even for someone who has had a lot of success, it's kind of new and just kudos to you for still reaching for it and going for it. Because, you know, you. a lot of us, once our kids are raised or we've got to this certain age in life, we we feel like we've made our bed and we need to just lie in it. And that there's not a lot left for us. And that's just so not true. Can you speak to that a little bit? Oh, absolutely. Um, I needed to raise my kids and it needed to be me raising those kids. So anything I've ever done has always been when their dads had them and I would work weekends, I would work nights, I would work whenever they weren't there, I would work from home. And then I was like, you know what, I need to start my own business to, you know, really make this work. So I started my event planning business and I took them with me and I taught them a trade and they worked their butts off and they knew that that's not where they wanted to be, <laughs> which I get it, it's a hard work. Um, but it gave them money and it gave them job experience and, um, it taught them to be good citizens, you know, good people. And, um, you know, now that they're older and I don't have to, you know, take them with me everywhere I go, I, I'm, I'm able to like really take that pivot, like you said, and just really do what I know I was teaching myself to do my whole life. You know, being here in Hollywood, I, and it's the same thing with the entertainment business and my event planning business. I worked in every freaking field you can work in to learn about it so that I knew what it took to get where I needed to go. And then I just took all that knowledge and put it together. And I was like, you know what, I'm meant to be my own boss. I'm meant to be my, you know, 
be my own person and control my destiny. And so I just did it. I, I, there's nothing wrong with getting up and doing the first thing that it takes to get there. Mm. It's just writing it down or, or vision. It, it's, it's, it's one thing to talk about it and talk about it and talk about it, but it's another to like, write it down and then talk to somebody else about it once you've written it down and registering it to to copyright it and um it's just it's making those steps you know it's finding people to fill that need and it's or maybe the job that you want to get you need to start somewhere and go for it well you know what i hear you saying is you have to be the catalyst. You have to start the ball in motion because I think a lot of us wait for the boulder to roll down the hill and hit us in the head. Then we're going to get going because we've been knocked off our perch of comfort and, oh, yeah, I'll get it going. But what I'm hearing you say, you said there is nothing wrong with doing the first thing to get there. And I love that, just taking that first step because what I've also heard you say during this entire interview is that you often take that step and then things start to align. Things start to happen, whether depending on your beliefs, you may believe it's God, you may believe it's universe, karma, whatever. But I know that's true in my life. Sometimes it's as if whatever the power is, it be, that's just waiting for you to move in that direction or, you know, get on, put, put your foot on the track, get a wheel on the, you know, on the highway. And then, things start to flow. And I think Christina with us in this podcast, because this podcast has only been up since October, Christine. So we're still babies. And I'm a, I'm a month behind. Oh my gosh. We're all babies. Maybe we're toddlers now, soon to be teenagers (laughs) and know it all. Um, But that's right. You know, things went, once we pulled the plug and just turned on the mic, things have fallen into place. Like, we have had no problem finding guests. We are mm-hmm. booked up on guests and we've got list of guests and we've got people reaching out to us. And, you know, at first you didn't even know if anybody would do it. You know, will anybody come and talk to us? Yeah. So, yeah. Christina, wouldn't you agree that it's just kind of once we put our hat in the ring, once we put our foot on the track, the next steps yeah. started following and blessing yeah. flood. We, we definitely, we definitely did do that. You know, one of the things that I think is really effective and it's the same thing that you said was, you know, if you have an idea and you want it to flourish, we'll take action. That's what I heard you saying. And that's what we did. We took action. And just like what we were talking Boy, about prior we. to, <laughs> prior to, you know, us, us recording this morning, it was like, Hey, we have an idea. What do you think? And we took action and you gave us some direction. And I think that that's really important that you, um, align yourself with people that um, are on that same trajectory or that have a similar thought process of take action. Because when you take action, you get shit done, right? And And we're here to get it done. We were willing to sit in the spaces where the people were who could Mm -hmm. take us to the next place or tell us what to do. We, we raised our hand and I know for Mm. some people that seems really, really hard, but y'all practice, sit at your desk, raise your hand in the air. No one dies. That's not a huge amount of effort. Yes. We need to get over that first step being so terrifying because you never know what's going to follow. And the people we have met through our podcast in just less Mm. than six months, my life is forever changed by these Amazing yes, people, just yes. like you, Christine, that had it yeah. not have been for the podcast, I would have never had the opportunity to have a conversation with. And there's nothing better. I, my husband, I love meeting a new person. Like I will go somewhere, meet someone, and I come home and tell them all about this new person I met. And mm-hmm. the more f- different and diverse and like they're from the middle of Zimbabwe and they speak a different, <laughs> that even makes it better. Like I will go on all night about this person. And my husband, I know thinks she is just crazy, but I just, I love those stories. And to get to do this through the podcast and talk to so many interesting people well, tell us. It's a lot of hard work, but that part's well, tell easy. Well, tell us about who is, I mean, if you can, I don't know if you can, so I, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it if you can't, but you know, when you had this idea for the docuseries, your mom came to you and you went 
immediately into action. And who are some of the people that you have been able to, you know, take along with you in this project that you are like, I am so like it had I not got this vision, I wouldn't be in this space like Gail and I were just talking about. Like who were those pivotal people well, for um, you? It's kind of a double fold, uh, twofold. Um, the thing is, is that I've got some people that I've met along the way that are just very, very talented people that just need that chance to be seen. And I reached out to them and said, you've never left my mind. I have this thing that I'd love to help you get where you need to go. And I'm helping them. Um, Royal Sky, she's a little rapper, 22-year-old girl, white girl from Los Angeles. And she just needs that to be seen and heard because she is, wow, one of the best rappers I've ever heard in my life. She's a superstar and I want to help her. And then there's celebrities. Uh, there's a, a celebrity um, director and a cinematographer and, uh, um, sorry, a female writer that writes big movies. They're going to be in my docuseries. They're like excited to talk about their career and their life and, and helping somebody, somebody in the middle of nowhere, Chugwater or Georgia or, or Zimbabwe are going to watch my docuseries and go, I've always thought about doing something and I didn't realize there's a job for that. Or I didn't realize, you know, like I have a woman who, um, Judy, she is the first woman to be in craft services and it's just retiring from it because it was always a man's job. And she's talking about inspiring women to go after things that, you know, was in, in a man's world. And to me, that if that's an inspiration and that's, what's important to me, um, you know, Oh gosh. No, I, I get it because gush all day. I, I love, love that you brag we, on your people. Yeah. yeah I and that. I, Christina and I love when we bring someone on and we know it's going to be a boost for them as well. Um, and that Absolutely. people need to yeah. hear their story and they need a microphone and, because some people we bring on have a lot of following and some people have none. And some of our most popular shows have not had huge followings. And that person is now being heard more and more. And I just think that collaboration, and if we all take off our haughtiness and we work together, then, oh my gosh, everybody can have a moment. Everybody can be spotlighted. Everyone can reach for more. And, you know, when someone's reaching, to me, it's so satisfying to turn around where I've already been and reach back. And mm-hmm. I know Christina and I now are getting approached by people wanting to start their podcast. And you're like, well, here's what we did. Yeah, and that's just so cool, yeah. especially in the circles of women. Because, you know, a lot of people... I'm sorry. A lot of people say, how, how did you just go? How did you do that? How, how, how? And let me tell you a little secret. I manifest every day, truly believing that what I'm manifesting is going to come true. Now, here's an example of what I mean, though. If you don't take action, those manifests have no room to, to do their right. work. So, so if you want to manifest that you're going to win the lottery, and you just sit at home and wait for the lottery to happen to you. It's never going to buy that ticket to you because you're not. You got to buy the, the jiffy go. So <laughs> that's like with with manifesting George Romero into my life and into my work. Uh, I reached out to him. I, I he wouldn't have called me if I hadn't reached out right. first. So it's about taking that action once you've you know got your mindset. Okay, I have Ugh. to ask you though. What about the voices? Because Christina and I have both the voices. We have that voice that tells us we are badasses and that we were meant to I be famous to <laughs> and that we're going to be on TV and that yeah. we're just going to do huge things. And then there's that voice that says, what the hell is wrong with you? What are you thinking? Yeah, have this, you lost your this mind? This is such a big dream. Like, well, I talk yeah, to my right. voices. Are you really I mean, I walk through my house this? and all of these characters are talking, you know, at the same time. A dream. Tell a us, dream. You, I assume everyone has both voices. It's so funny. I should have wore the shirt today. I have this shirt that says, I talk to my, uh, to my inner self or my, 
my voices and we and we just laugh and laugh because you know those inner voices are your your subconscious or your back mind telling you this is where you need to be and you know the ones that are on the other shoulder saying oh but this is just a pipe dream your dreams are your goals Mm. Your dreams are your goals. That's mm. that's just it. Dream and a goal are the exact same thing. They just start with different letters. You know, who cares? I guess too. If, if you got a dream, that to me, that's a goal. If there wasn't some resistance, everybody would be there, right? Yeah. Why not? Wow. Why not? She's just. I believe anybody can. What do your voices say, Christina, over there in Northern California? Because mine, like, <laughs> uh, says. What is wrong with you, Gail? Uh, mine says, do you really think so? And then I look in, my, in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, I do. I think so. And I then, don't know if the mirror you know, is where I get my confidence. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you tell somebody and they're like, really? And you're like, okay, maybe not. So you kind of protect it too, right? There's, you have to because there's you remember when we were first starting protection. the podcast, there was someone in my life that I said, you know, we're starting the podcast and they said, everybody has a podcast. That yeah, hurt. All the smart people. That do. hurt a little bit because y'all hear the facts. Really? There's over a billion people in the United States, 300,000 podcasts. That's a small percentage of people who podcast. So don't tell me everybody has podcasts because Hold that's on. factually Hold untrue. On. Did you turn it back around and say... What's your podcast? Uh, that's what I told her to say. I mean, ah! what's your podcast? Because I will listen. Make sure you listen to mine because mine is It was beat. one of those millennials. And then, and then I'll listen to help Christine, themselves. Christina's well, in our amen corner for sure. She's like, I got your back. I love, I love her. I, We're going to do big things together. This is the three musketeers right here. We're going to take on this some things it. here. You know it. You know, I love to. I'm all, you know, look. Three C's and a G. <laughs> or two C's. <laughs> I can't count either. <laughs> Lord help her. She's cute though, CGC. Christine. Don't rule her out. She's really cute. I don't think. She, the, the geography and math may be a problem, but the girl's cute. <laughs> Look, I, <laughs> I believe in lifting each other up. I believe that women need to stand behind Ooh. women. You know, we stand behind men every day. And I'm fine with that. Stand behind a man. Push him forward. Just as long as he's bringing mm -hmm. you with him. But it's a woman. Right. A woman have to look out for each other. Women have to help each other. Women have to. You know what? If we don't, who's going to? Well, and you know, the I sad thing. Y'all have an idea that I love. I'm excited. Ooh, are you just, are you just blowing smoke, Christine? Or do you really <laughs> like it? Because well, you, because you know, we we wonder. We can, we can help you fine tune it. We wonder, you know, for the industry, because yeah, you know, some people are just like, oh yeah, 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 and then it's like, no, she really has our back. Like that's really cool because my son was a dancer, and we would send things in, and you know, people say, oh, blah 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 blah, and you're just like, mm, yeah, is it? Is it just this? Are you just lip service or are you really like down to And you probably and said that, didn't you? Well, I am from California. <laughs> Jenny from the hood. Um, <laughs> Christina will call out anything. You know, I think in the past that the lack of opportunity for women mm. produced this breeding ground for competition, jealousy, and we could not celebrate another woman yeah. getting ahead because that was one less space for us. Yeah. And that caused us. We were taught that. Yeah, we were. We, we were taught that. that. And that was just the playing ground as it was. And so women didn't have the best relationships with one another sometimes. And we weren't always helping each other. And I, I'm seeing a shift. I'm seeing that change. I say I see more opportunity for one thing, but also I see that women have recognized what's happened and what's been perpetrated upon us by the male establishment. And we're just calling, okay, no, when we band together, we can stop some of this nonsense. Us being pitted against one another has just exacerbated that situation. And we're standing up and saying no more. And we're finding our voices. You know, we're finding the way to Think go about, about things this. that if you, give other women opportunities and we take people with us and we. I mean, think about this. You got two powerful, amazing women.
okay? If you pit them against each other, they're so busy being pitted against each other that everything else can go by over here. But when you got two women that are supporting each other, there's no room for anything else to come by over here. We, we, if we've got each other's backs, if we're lifting each other up, then we're bringing each other with each other. And there's power in numbers. Absolutely. And there's power in women. Hmm. Well, I know too for like Christina and myself, the day I'm having the doubt is the day Christina drank that five bullet coffee she drinks and she your tea <laughs> and she's like oh no girl we got this and the day she's having you know she shared with me the other day she was suffering with a little bit of imposter syndrome and I'm like girl no yeah. you know let's look at the facts and so when we as women can pick each other up like that and be those kind of good partners that changes the landscape for all of us and Absolutely. it just yes. opens up more opportunities yeah, it does. Mm. It really does. So, Christine, I love let me it. ask you this. Are you seeing more women coming to Hollywood at a later time or finding themselves at a later time in that kind of business? I hope so. I I, I hope so. I mean, the women I talk to, yes. Mm. Yeah. Well, they're coming into themselves there Later, seems to be okay. more opportunities across the board with the invent of Prime Video and Hulu and Netflix. Mm -hmm. You know, there's lots of spots. And for me, I could be wrong, but it seems like these alternatives to just your three big players on your, you know, turn on TV, um, that it's yeah. opening up, the width has grown. And that you don't have to be perfect to have it to like, y'all, I'm a fan of 90 Day Fiance. These people are not perfect. And I tell myself all the time, if they can be on I TV, so can I. <laughs> but, you know, back in the day when you had three primary channels yep. and you had the big hit movies, you pretty much had to be perfect to squeeze in that door. But now the width has grown so that there's room for everybody. And I love to watch docuseries. I watch the craziest stuff on my you know, fire stick. I, I'll look up, I watched a documentary about the Atlanta airport. It was fascinating. I was enthralled. I watched about the Orthodox Jewish community in New York, again, enthralled. We're making media that is a little more honest and truthful. Mm -hmm. We still have the blockbusters mm -hmm. with the big people and the Angelina Jolies and all that business. But I think there's a place in Hollywood for realness and truth telling and, and true storytelling. And, is that just my perception or is that what's really going on? That's really what's going on. I mean, come on, think about it. I, I, I'm in my fifties. I decided, boom, I'm going to do this. I, I just start doing it. I have no fear to reach out to somebody. I'm reaching out to some of the biggest celebrities in Hollywood. I'm, I might not have the correct numbers for some of them, <laughs> but blocked. Uh, I am reaching out and I, I don't, I, I have no fear. And, you know, I, I'm bringing these things to my life and, and I, I'm going to be making, I am not, excuse me. I am making one of the most powerful docu-series that is going to be on TV, mm -hmm. on Netflix, on, on any other network that wants to, you know, throw me a shit ton of money. Um, but, uh, you know, I've got big production companies right now who are talking to me about the funding and talking about getting it going and getting it sold. And I'm just some middle Western Southern country girl. I'm originally from the South too, girl, by the way, I grew up in Wyoming. I, I'm a small town girl who's, who just decided, you know what? screw this. I'm going to be who I'm meant mm -hmm. to be and I'm doing it. If I can do it, anybody can do yeah. it. You know, it's just believing in yourself. It's not just mm. believing in yourself, but it is believing in yourself to start, you know? Well, it's the belief, it's the belief plus the I action produces the day. results. Yeah. yeah. Because the action will not come without yeah. the belief. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've even had to have conversations with Correct. women and ask them the question, okay, I know you believe this is possible, but do you believe it for yourself? And that's where I find that there's a disconnect for a lot of women. Oh, they believe it for Susie and Sally and the neighbor across the street, but they can't believe it for themselves. And that breaks mm. my heart for women 
But as women who are doing the dang thing, I think we're charged with breathing that belief into our sisters and saying, yes, you can come on. And I hope that this podcast serves to be a light for other women to say, well, if those two idiots can If they can record and make a podcast yeah. and, you know, so the main, who do you know over at Wondery, Christine? We, we're waiting on Wondery to call and pick us up. Why are you waiting? Oh, oh you she did it. Christina, we need to call them and tell them we need to be picked up because, you know, I just love, you know, from Wondery, when that a podcast starts like that, you know, it's going to be good, but... You know, I love being around people like you, Christine, who are big thinkers and who you do think outside Thank the box. You. Because when you, you know, they say that, Pamela, you're around the most. But here's the bottom line. If you're around people that constantly draw the circle smaller, you wind up yeah. standing in a small circle. And they, they will, other people's doubt will make you doubt. Other people's lack of belief will make you stumble in yours. Whereas if you're around people like you that say, heck yeah, girl, go for it. Heck yeah, you can. Heck yeah, make the phone call. Why not? When you're around those kind of people, that just keeps you going. And then, like we said before, you can be that person for someone else. Right, Christina? Yeah, you can be their champion. I I think everybody needs that. Everybody needs a champion, right? Uh, I had I had my champion growing up was my grandma mm. and she died when I was 21 and I was devastated and I thought no one's ever going to believe in me again and um when I started my podcast I took this picture of her and I and I put it on my desk and um just now when you guys said that it fell it fell towards me and I was <gasps> like you know what she's telling me Exactly. <laughs> it's it's you're kidding you know me. Signs everywhere. And me Grandma also would hear you. negative to me. Someone I know, someone telling me I can't do something, someone being a naysayer. That's my signs. That's my sign to say And you know what? That's oh, yeah? their problem. That says more about who they are than who they are, yeah. we are mm-hmm. when we tell people stuff like that. Yeah. But you know, here's something yeah. else, ladies. You can be a champion for people you don't even like. That's right. Because it's the right thing to do. That's right. Because the mission is on point or Mm -hmm. where she's going is right. Or maybe she would be more likable with a little support. So as women get all caught up in whether we like you or not, you know, and if you looked at us sideways or your hair is cuter than mine, we need to stop that shit. That just needs to stop. And we need to champion because... And we need to champion the right things and we need to be encouragers because every person that gets to the top started with that first step, y'all. Nobody, unless you are born to a Kim Kardashian, (laughs) just falls into it. I mean, that's a rare, rare thing. People come out of Chugwater, Wyoming and go on to rock the world. People can come out of Tunnel Hill, Georgia, who, you know, like you, I had, I was never the pretty girl, y'all. I was called Frizz in middle school, literally called Frizz to my face because of my hair, because I had a coarse, curly texture. And back in the day, y'all, we didn't have any products or, you know, round brushes. It was, look at me now, though. Look at me now. I'm just kidding. It's Um, beautiful. It is a (laughs) thing. It's so funny because I had many names in in school growing up. And like, Mm -hmm. I hear all these kids talk about like their bullying. And I'm like, dude, you have no idea. You have no idea that we were bullied before it was cool. (laughs) I know all the time. (laughs) I don't want to joke about bullying, but you know, I don't either. But it's just like, you know. But I carry all that it's forward. See again, though. I was the girl that didn't have a date yeah. for the dance. I would mm-hmm. go with a friend. But somewhere along the way, I found my yes, I can. And sometimes I think those hardships make us stronger. Yes. And it adds to the story. And so mm-hmm. I think when we do our big things, it feels even better than if it was an easy road or it was a straight highway, or we yeah. just landed into it because we're going to know the roads we walked. And then that's going to be encouragement to another woman, another person, somebody else that was called Frizz. I mean, literally, y'all, I looked like a Q-tip. I was skinny as a rail, and the fuzz was on top. And, Me too. you know, it was a thing. But we all have our things. You know, it, you know there's so much we could say there. But, Christine, I'm just... Uh, 
I just feel like every time we do an episode, we have a new friend, Christina. <laughs> we do. I love it. And our new friend is Christine. It, and I just, I think we're going to work together, Christine. Yes. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, think we some are. Things are we are definitely. Us. I think there's big yeah. things ahead for all yeah. of us. Thank you for sharing your you know, story. I, thank you. I was called Spot. In Spot. School. That's an interesting and one. It was, it was secret. Yep. It was a secret. I wasn't supposed to know. Oh. They would talk about this dog, Spot, this trust, you know, this trusty, loyal dog named Spot that you could kick it and it would come <gasps> running back. Oh. And that was me. And I just took that and I made it my superpower. Yeah, you did. You better. You're damn right. I'm Spot. I am loyal. I am honest. I am trustworthy. And you are a dog my, with a bone. Yeah, you are. You damn straight. So what I do is I make a relationship with everybody. Mm. I build a relationship. With you know, I've already you. seen that and, in you, Christine, because when yes. we reached out to you, Christine came to us through a referral. Yes. Um, a friend said who had been on the podcast that we just found and loved. And um, she just said, you need to meet my friend. Y'all, so many of us are not open to that kind of thing. And we're like, hey, let's meet your friend. You're missing out if you don't say yes to the connections, the referrals, the weird phone call. And we just got on a call. We didn't know her from Adam's Mm -hmm. house cat. But do y'all know that phrase, Christina? Adam's house cat. No, I was like, what? Christina doesn't know Southern <laughs> phrases. I have to explain. It's just like you don't know them from anyone. But such bless a beautiful thing. Yeah, bless her heart. That's right, I know, Christine. I know, I know that one. That's like a... That's like a... Mm. She's special. <laughs> She's um, special. She's honey, special. darling. Um, you know, there's, there's... You never know when an opportunity is going to knock on the door for... A relationship for a career opportunity for a creative outlet you just never know so mm-hmm. in this season of midlife i hope you ladies will be open to everything that comes your way and the things that aren't in your path but you want to go after go find them get your foot on the path we always say con- reconnect with your little girl the healthy one before mm-hmm. she got tarnished and i always saw myself as some kind of I thought I would do something big in life. And then I kind of lost all on the way and I'm returning to that in midlife. So it's not too late. Don't y'all agree? It's never too late. I agree. Yeah. Never too late. Well, once again, an hour has gone by. I know. Oh my gosh. We're going to have to move to two hour shows. No, I don't think anyone <laughs> could take us for two hours. <laughs> we could talk all day with these fascinating new friends we make. And the stories are so rich. Um, and so full and so inspiring, like Christine, you're inspiring us. You are like putting gas in the tank and you came to us in a place where it was right on time. So y'all, I'm telling y'all things will fall into place if you're on the track you're supposed to be on. That's right. And so just know you've been some gas in our tank today and you've been an encouragement and you've made a difference. Thank you so much. For real. And I think it's going to make a difference to a lot of women listening to this, that they're going to think about their dreams, you know, from Chugwater to Hollywood. It's never too late. It's never too late. Yeah. And especially when you can connect with other women doing the same thing. Right. So girl, we need to schedule another call off air. So let's make, (laughs) send us an email when you can do that. And we're wishing you all the best with this documentary. We can't wait to see it and say, I know her. Oh my gosh. You're going to have to send it to us or just like invite us to, I don't know, like that would be cool. Opening, invite us. We'll come. We'll get a fabulous We invite ourselves places. Look at, we do. We invite, we invite ourselves all the time. We're like, I don't, I have no shame. And she's, she's over here in her Southerness, like, Christina, shut up. They haven't invited us. I'm like, I don't care. I did. We just had an episode where Christina said, I said, she didn't invite us. And she's like, I don't care. (laughs) We love making new friends. And, you know, just ask for what you want. So we'll see you at the premiere. Exactly. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Christine Lalonde. Now, if they want to find out more about what you're doing, is there somewhere they can follow this journey? Yeah, um, I have a couple of Instagram or Facebook that y'all can check out. Um, my podcast is 50 Shades of Underscore Bullshit on Instagram. And the uh, docuseries is Hollywood Dreams 
doc, D-O-C. And uh, it's the same fate, uh, sorry. Um, uh, oh my gosh, so I've gone like mental. That's now. okay, it's midlife, uh, girl, web, it's okay. The, <laughs> the website, the website is also hollywooddreamsdoc.com. HollywoodDreamsDoc.com, ladies. So go tune in and follow this story of this amazing woman from Chugwater to Hollywood and telling the Hollywood story and soon to be telling other stories. So thank you for your time, Christine. I know you're busy trying to make all these projects happen. So we appreciate you giving us your time. And we hope that inspires someone else to go chase their dream, no matter what age they are and where they are in life. Don't forget your dreams. Reconnect. And you never know what might happen. So looking forward to seeing what happens with you. And Christina, what do we always say? Go and get your moxie on. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye.